Halo, everybody. This is Calling All Halos of Anaheim. I am Sam Blum, the co-host here. I'm joined alongside my fellow co-host, Connor Grossman. Connor, hello. Sam, we've waited a long time to do this podcast, yes. and let's just dive on in. So the Angels go forward without Max Stassi and David Fletcher. Well, let's, and... I mean, we're, we're forgetting that they re-signed Jose Marte, and I think that is what... You know, we got. I mean, that's a former former giant farmhand right there, Jose Marte. So I know that you're particular. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, Perry and the Angels are hard at work this off season, and um, they're gonna have a team for sure. They'll have, come, they'll have come players come on the team. <laughs> hey, there's gonna have a schedule. They're gonna have a shot. Who knows what'll happen? But before we get into the Angels, we got to talk about. We got to talk about our guy. We got to talk about Shohei Otani. As my grandmother, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that uh, my grandmother texted me this morning. Saw the big guy went to the Dodgers, comma grandma. So <laughs> that's uh, that about sums it that up. That was also that was also ice cold by you. Before we talk about the Angels, we have to talk about Shohei Otani. Well, that's and that's no longer an angel. There are two. There are two different entities right now. That is very very true, and I think that uh, that hit home uh, on Saturday. With uh, with his official departure to the Los Angeles Do- Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> of Los Angeles for seven hundred million dollars over ten years, um, uh, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Just letting those numbers sink. In. I mean, ten year contracts, fine. We're into double digit contracts for generational players, but seven hundred mil seven hundred million dollars. Imagine if he could pitch. Was he getting a crazy. billion? What? If he could pitch, was he getting a billion? I mean, this is like, it's insane. <laughs> right. Like, what was the actual ceiling? I feel like, you know, the way media reports framed it all throughout the year and into the offseason was 500, trending towards 600 million, which was already astronomical. And then for the whole avalanche to come down from the Instagram post with the Dodgers logo, the um, the very low res, blurry squint your eyes I love is that, the that. that is the best part about this announcement is like they just he just found a, a picture on google i think and was like can i put this with the most important announcement in baseball history please <laughs> right can the man can his agents can a handler can somebody send the man some like you know materials to share the biggest news of his life baseball's biggest news and god only knows how long i mean come on what well, are we I, doing I, I would just like to say that you know before really get into this i think that any angels fan that is that is upset at otani is completely missing the boat here um that's my take on this shohei otani made the right decision for a lot of reasons but particular for him um i mean there's i mean i always kind of thought it'd be the dodgers i think everyone kind of thought it would be the dodgers but i you know i, I certainly believe that because it doesn't have to move really far uh this team is is set up to be successful they're going to pay him 700 million dollars they do the things. I think what, what I always say about the Angels, what we always talk about here is if you do the little things right, eventually the big things will be rewarded. You will get players like Otani. You will get division titles. You will get a World Series title. The Angels did, never did the little things right, and look where it got them to. It got them to yesterday where that mural's being yanked down two hours after his announcement, and it got Shohei Otani $700 million with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I believe that this is a massive failure by, and I say this all the time, it is a massive failure by Artie Moreno and the Angels. I mean, this is not just that he's leaving. I mean, it, you know, who knows exactly the circumstances? We don't know what the Angels offered, 
We don't know. I've asked. I haven't heard back. You know, we don't know everything that went into this decision. But what we do know is that the Angels failed. They won 77 games in 2021. They won 73 games in 2022. And they won 73 games in 2023. All three years, I believe, Otani was the best player in baseball. And I know he won two MVPs. And probably, in my opinion, should have won third. That is just... I mean, I know that it's brought up a lot. I know that it's like they're the butt of the joke. Tungsten, all that. But it's not a joke. It is the reality of the situation. They failed epically with the greatest player ever to step on a field, performing at a high level almost every single day. And there is nothing that will ever not taint his tenure here because of that. I mean, that is the beginning and end of it. I mean, it's... it. It's people. Hopefully, there's some nuance to that, and people understand. I mean, he played his ass off. He, you know, he'll always have those six years here. I think Angels fans will always have that connection to him. They'll always have that time where he was performing at that high level here. But you cannot separate the losing from the performance that he did. Totally, I think that was super well said. He earned the opportunity to be a free agent, to have the sweepstakes, to have teams offering historic contracts. There's nothing to be mad at the player over this and every reason to be mad about the team and the management that put the teams around Otani that just simply weren't good enough. And yes, you're right. It will always be looked upon as an embarrassment and a failure on part of the angels to have teams with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani at the middle of them and nothing all that great around them. And I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like it in baseball history. And, um, there's there's nothing more to say beyond that. They're, they're the not going to look fail. inward. That's the other thing is like you yeah. just know that nobody's going to sit here. They're, like they're probably mad about it. I don't know. When I say they, I'm referring to John Carpino. I'm referring to Arnie Moreno, and I'm referring mm-hmm. to people that are in that orbit. They're probably mad about this. But is anybody going to take a look inward and say, hey, this was <laughs> this was not in a like this was not just this didn't just happen to us right like losing right. To, and the injuries are are totally a real thing but everybody's dealt with injuries the, the dodgers lost their starting shortstop like before the season started last year i mean everybody deals with injuries and the angels cannot keep saying well we get injuries they're going to do that next year too when they're 73 and 89 you need to perform better you need to build an organization and or baseball is not just about the 26 guys on the field in this level at this day and age and somebody needs to look inward and say, why did we just have this generational talent? Not even, not even a generation. This is, a, you know, once in a lifetime, once maybe ever type talent. And, and we blew that. I mean, when is somebody going to look inward and say that to themselves? Because that is needed here. It is absolutely needed. And, um, man, I don't know if anyone, I don't know if anyone with the Angels listens to this, honestly. Sometimes, I, I mean, I've heard from some people that say they do. But I hope I hope someone uh, says, you know, that Sam guy knows what he's freaking talking about. Maybe I'm gonna go listen to him, and and that Connor guy's right. You know, maybe we should go. Maybe we should go fix this thing. Maybe we should actually like try a little bit. Um, I really, th- I you know, got to know Ron Washington a little bit uh, in um, the winter meetings. I think he's gonna do a great job. But and credit to Ron for not letting the cat out of the bag. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. For all that, I think he'll do a great job. I don't think he's got enough resources to do the job he needs to do. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But, uh, man, I just um, – this is now – like they should, the Angels have to look at this as an, as an opportunity. There's money now to spend. There are players out there to get. And there is a, you know, infrastructure to build here that I think there's no reason why they cannot do that. So we'll see what they end up doing. But they, they need to get started on that right now. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. You know, free agency can only plug so many leaks in a sinking ship. And, you know, I'm not an expert on the Angels farm system, but in my opinion, it would not behoove them to try and, you know, wheel and deal and, you know, purge an already depleted farm system to get whatever they can. I mean, the desperation they had all of this last year because they had Otani and were trying to, you know, put some kind of winning team around him. Like that desperation, I feel like it can't necessarily be there before, can't be there as much anymore. And if nothing else, the desperation has to be to set the team up for long term success. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is, I would not trade away like yeah. some of their young players. Like I, I would right. stay the course a little bit and be like, okay, they have a really good young player, Nelson Rada. Like that guy could be a long term, you know, the next uh, center fielder after, you know, Mike Trout. Probably, you know, mm-hmm. either he at some point, you know, he's only, this kid's only like 17 or 18 years old. So we're talking. You know, maybe when when Mike Trout's at kind of the end of his career, this kid is coming up and, and performing at a really high level. Get more players like that, as many as you can. I mean, that's why that's the way I would look at. It. I don't think you need to tear things down. I just think you need to build, and it's, and and there's the evidence is just in the year to year results. Like, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not working. There's a reason for it. It's not just hey, we had we dealt with injuries, and they just I just keep hearing that over and over again, and it's just mm. like goodness like right what's... no one's gonna feel sorry for no, you yeah injuries, you have the two, two greatest players in baseball and two of the best players in this generation and you didn't do anything you did nothing is there a case to be made for tearing it down to the studs i know perry said they're not trading trout, i don't think they but... need to right like they they you know this yeah. see, they had like i don't really think big market teams should be tearing things down to the studs i totally. think like i like what the mets are doing i kind of you know i think like that's a good blueprint like hey you got good players like but we're all you're also not like going to pour everything into winning this year, right? Like, you're going to try and, you know, maybe make some moves to get some good prospects. That's how they spent money for the trade deadline was basically buying good prospects. And, I mean, if you have rich ownership, you have a big market, you have fans that come to the ball games. like, you don't need to really need to restart, but you can you can rebuild a little bit and they can build up. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm like, and I, I get, like, frustrated. I sound frustrated about it because, you know, you, like yesterday – after this announcement happens, I went out to Angel Stadium, honestly, yep. on the off chance that they were going to tear down the mural because I thought, I want to see that. I want to document that. I want to. I mean, I just wanted to be there for it and do my job. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, sure enough, I'm there for about an hour and they start doing it. Um, and did you, you know, get there before the crane and the yeah, the yeah. guys who did it? And I was then, literally. Did you see? Did you see like the equipment roll in and did your eyes get all big? Like, yeah, oh my god! I was actually at first. Well, first I was talking to this fan who was holding up the sell the team Artie sign. And if you go read the story mm-hmm. at the Athletic, you'll see the picture and the quotes and everything. And he was like, "This guy was about to start crying. Like he was in a he was just like emotional. Like he said he hadn't eaten or drank or anything that day. And it's like a funeral. Yeah. And at first I was like, annoyed. I was like, why is there like this equipment coming in? I'm trying to talk to this guy. And then I'm like, oh no, that's the crane that's gonna come tear this shit down. Oh, excuse me, can I curse? That's my podcast, and we can <laughs> curse. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, just piece by piece, it was like they wanted it out. They 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 were they wanted them gone. I mean, the Angels haven't made any statement officially because uh, the Dodgers haven't officially announced the signing. I'm sure the it's Angels true. will make a statement. Will make a statement, but uh, that's a pretty strong statement to me. I think that's, yeah, perfectly said. I am shocked. I cannot believe that things happen so slowly in this world and in this sport and with this team. But sure as a, I mean, it's not a rumor. Otani, you know, shared the news himself. But, like, I am shocked within hours, like, what, two hours, all of a sudden the murals being taken down by construction workers. I mean, that is nuts. 
they must have had those guys on call. Yeah, I mean, I want. I wonder when the Angels got the call, or if they ever got a call. I don't know how this went. I mean, this, this process was incredibly secretive. I mean, I wanted to talk about the process. We we were talking about how we were going to set yeah. the show up and the process of it all. Uh, and I know I got off track, but I think it's yeah, really I want... really interesting. I mean, we're at the winter meetings. I'm curious your pers- perspective on the winter meetings, because like I'm just kind of like you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so much of the winter meetings is like, how do I look like I'm busy? And then, you know. <laughs> Saying the quiet part out loud. Huh? No, but, you know. <laughs> we, 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 we had plenty of stuff to do. We have our athletic summit. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot. There was, really, But really, everyone's did, there to see if the Otani news yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, a lot of the winter meetings is like, it's nice because, like, you're just cat. I prefer the GM meetings. I think the GM meetings has, like, it's way more low-key. The few reporters, mm-hmm. there's fewer people there, but there's you know there's more opportunity to kind of just like interact and and, mm-hmm. and the winter meetings is just like oh my god it's just like so many people and there's like a thousand reporters and it's right. it's nuts it's honestly nuts so but um but yeah I mean, and I'm, I'll just quick side note yeah. about the winter meetings I feel like if baseball is not gonna put any put any rules or regulations in place to kind of spur action at them, then they should really just like dial it down because there's no reason it should be as big of an event as it is because the off season will be dictated typically by the biggest players. And that's exactly what happened this winter with Otani. Like none of the big players free agents were going to sign until Otani did and until Otani set the market. And so as a fan watching the winter meetings unfold, I the winter meetings were so secondary in my mind to where is Otani going to sign? And that was the and winter yes. meetings. My what? favorite thing, yeah. I gotta say, that my favorite thing about this entire process that Otani did was have the Blue Jays have him tour the Dunedin facility like on the second day of the winter meetings. Like they, they had to like fly out, <laughs> fly out of Nashville and like cancel all their media availabilities. <laughs> and like it's and you know what it is, and this is just my hunch, but this is yeah. like my read on it. It's like. He doesn't care about the win. Like that is the thing. Like he didn't care mm-hmm. about the winter meetings. Like he doesn't like Nez doesn't care. Like, th- like they're like no. get. We want a tour of Dunedin, and they're like, yes, sir. Like we will. <laughs> we will get on the next private jet to Clearwater, Florida, and tour you. It's just like he doesn't right. care. Right. Like, they're not beholden to the winter meetings. They could do Zoom availabilities, and that's exactly what they did. And then they, they were asked, you know, well, the, whoa, well, yeah, the, why aren't you guys here? And Otani's not beholden to anything. I think that's what we realized in this process. Like, and and, yeah. and and I get why you know you see national reporters get frustrated, and like you see, and I get why people get frustrated. But at the end of the day, Otani has the leverage to have the process that he wanted to have. That is what we are like. Everything in this world is based on leverage. Everything. Yeah. And he, when you have the ability to say, "I don't want you to leak stuff," um, they're not gonna, they're gonna just not leak it. And I mean, yeah. if a low tier free agent's like, "Well, I want that process," you'll be like, "Well, great, go have that process with another team." Like it just wouldn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, and they, they right, they, they could just do what he wants. And so I think some parts of his, I think when people when they criticize him for this, they miss out on the nuance of the situation. I think that there are things to be critical of. Being the face of a franchise at seven hundred million dollars—that's important. I think he's going to need to, to, to you know, become a little bit or find a way to be a little more comfortable sharing things about you know his day to day and like. I don't think he's got to be like a talkative. I don't think he's got to like be the you know, face of baseball in a way that like maybe LeBron is the face of basketball where he's doing interviews every day and like sharing his thoughts on on you know cultural issues and all that. But I do think like you got to be a little bit. You got to at least do the minimum that, that other players are doing. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's I think that's a fair request, and I think that there's a lot of nuance and and that is required when making a, a a critical thought on this topic. That a lot of reporters who I mean I was around the Angels every day. I didn't see you know Buster Olney around the Angels every day, and and he wrote that column and I just didn't agree with it very much. I thought he was like, you know, just just taking taking something that was based in a, a real like fair point and just kind of made it like I'm angry that this is not the way I want it to be and and the point of the column for anyone yeah. who hasn't read it and correct me if I'm wrong was just um the writer Buster only was not a fan that Otani's very secretive free agent process had played out the way it did you know behind curtains swearing teams and officials to secrecy and the decision will come out when it comes out I think that the fair part of that is like you know the, the the just the controlling aspect of I think his agent and just like you know like even like just like why why can't we know the name of the dog like there are certain things that I think like like you just try to curate it a little too much and then you try to hide Otani when he's you know I think what would have been smart at the end of the season last year would have been to come out and say this is what I'm dealing with physically this is why like I'm I'm choosing to not be around the team for the last all that stuff that created way more chaos than it needed to be that's where totally. I think okay hey. You, you have the ability to kind of like to, to address and create the narrative. And then at the end of the day, make all that noise go away. And, and that's where yep. I think that people lose the nuance in this argument where they're just like, Otani is too cr- private and this is not good for baseball. It's like, this is not about, this was great for baseball, this whole thing. I mean, what are we all talking about? I mean, it was mm-hmm. great. I, I think that's like, that's why I just don't agree with it. I'm, and it's not like a, a personal attack on Buster or anything. I mean, it's, he's obviously a legendary decorated career i just i i didn't agree with that particular column totally and you know to what you were saying about otani having leverage i mean he had the sport wrapped around his finger like nobody else possibly could have and to your more recent point about you know his silence essentially being deafening and he could have cleared the air in so many ways and set expectations you know at the end of the season about what his free agency process was going to be like you know being transparent about the surgery he had what he's looking for potentially in a new team and the fact that he wanted to, you know, keep quiet about it until he had made his decision. And all of that would have been completely fair. Nobody would have questioned it. And I think, you know, the speculation, if anything, might have been tampered down if he had just taken a few minutes to answer basic questions, share a few simple thoughts without revealing more than he wanted to. And yeah, I think he's kind of in for a reality check when he shows up day one of spring training next year. If you're going to be paid more than any other athlete has ever been paid, you're going to have to make yourself maybe a little more available than you did with the Angels. Yeah, I, I think that is just well, the reality of the situation. I mean, and maybe he doesn't have to. I, I don't know what's been talked about with the Dodgers. I just, I, I, I think that he does himself a favor by by just dispelling this narrative a little bit and 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 realizing you're not going to. You guys can't like control how things are written you guys can't control how everything's said you know but what you can control is just like is is having your message you know get out the way that you want it to and i think that when you're not talking you're more susceptible to losing that that control and, and that's where i think that the you that's where i think like the, the point of some of these columns were maybe trying to make but in my opinion when you're not when you weren't around it every day when you know mm-hmm. you didn't see it like when you weren't experiencing it like you didn't know the dynamics of, of how this was all playing out. I just think like it's 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 really tough to write, you know, an authoritative story on it. And um, 
Yeah. You know, the ESPN story I just didn't think was. So, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't read all the articles on it. I, you know, but that was right. that was the one that stood out to me. So, um, yeah, I feel like it was a shared sentiment among a few. And I think there's a healthy debate to be had about it. Um, yeah. Being at the winter meetings, I'm just curious, what was it like being around Angels officials? I mean, nobody said anything except Dave Roberts. And I guess that worked out for him. Um, but yeah. what, what, did, what was your sense? What was the vibe around the angels? At you know, the it, was, it was fine. I, I didn't, you know, I don't think I, first off, I don't think many of them had any idea. Like, you know, one, I mm-hmm. passed by one and he's like, well, what's going to happen? And I was like, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> and he's like, well, well, I always read this from you. <laughs> so I was like, well, I usually read it from someone else, <laughs> but like, you know, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It's, um. I think that that a lot of people were in the dark about this. I, if I had to guess, even Perry is mm-hmm. probably you know, I, I, it's so hard to know. I, I would love to know what the numbers were. What was the offer? Did they ever think they were involved, um, mm-hmm. seriously involved? Because I I could picture the Angels paying him. I can't picture them paying him seven hundred million dollars. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to know. I've reached out. I've not heard back. We'll see. That you know, at some point, somebody's gonna have to address that. I think if 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 they wanted him back, if they made that attempt. Because it's uh, well, I bet my right arm they're gonna say we made a competitive offer and we're sad to see him go. Yeah, whatever competitive means. Competitive to you and I would be, hey, we'll take one dollar for the next seven hundred million years, which somebody <laughs> goes may have offered. But yeah, it's not competitive that is in the eye of the beholder. That's fair. We're worth more than that. But come on, seven hundred million years. Yeah, that's great. Oh man, yeah. I mean, and then the the big thing that bothered me was just like the last few days of like just the, sure. the reports out there about like him signing with the Blue Jays and like. Well, he did, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's he signed with another blue team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone. That's maybe I, what got lost in translation. It was colors. <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> everybody can uh, go read those. You know, those reports for themselves. I don't want to. Yeah, I already kind of made one credit media critique on this podcast, so I don't need to go into critiquing everything and everyone. But uh, I just think, you know, be a little better, right? Like this is, and not acknowledge your mistakes. We all make them. I think it's about process. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes since I started in this job. It's about process. It's about you know um, credibility. Um, I think as a whole, like we want to as an industry, you want to have credibility. You want to you know. It's like baseball's. There's so many times where it just feels like the, there's just like this chaotic mess of what's real, what's not, and you know. I mean, I'm thinking mm-hmm. back to like the lockout and like, you know, yeah. it's just it's just or, or like the the Correa stuff last year. There's always like there's like this one big story every year where everyone's trying to figure it out. And you or know. my heart goes out to Blue Jays fans as a Giants fan myself on the edge of my seat when Arson Judge was heading to San Francisco last winter. Almost a year to the day to the Otani news. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not um, going to sit here and feel bad for Robert Herjavec, who's like, you know, billionaire. But like, you know, his two kids are on that flight, and it's like, yeah, the whole media, the entire every media member, and you know, the entire nation of Canada is up like waiting for this flight to land. It's like just everybody's got to like take a deep breath at times, you know, and just like you don't need to have it. Like it's going to come out. He's going to pick a team. You know, it's objectively hilarious that it was like a well-known rich dude on TV. I know. who makes investments for a living, that he was the one on the plane. And I think Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal wrote a deep dive on it. I haven't read it yet, but the excerpt I believe that he shared said that an official, I don't know an official from who or what, 
rushed onto the plane when it yes. landed and said, <laughs> where is he? That is, that is great work by Jared Diamond. Um, yeah. that, yeah, that's, uh, it's like, I guess the Blue Jays after hearing $700 million offer said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but sh- only people that's that watch Shark Tank yeah, will get that. That's one of our better jokes on the pod. Very well done. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I, it was just in a roller coaster ride that nobody asked for. And it's unfair to, you know, the baseball media, to baseball fans. It just nobody wins when there's an avalanche of information that is unconfirmed, untrue. It, it just makes it harder to trust, you know, what might be true. It really it stains everything. And, and I appreciate, you know, one of the reporters actually coming out and saying, I messed this up. I got it wrong. Right. And I think that right. is like, that. everybody will make mistakes. Everybody will. If you do this job, it is it is a chaotic job where you, there's, it is inevitable that, like, you are, you are choosing who sources credibility. You are choosing, like, how many people need to tell you something. You're always assessing what's real because information is all that matters in this job. And so sometimes the information that you report will not be right. That just is an inevitable part of it. But I think the best way to keep credibility with your audience is to say it's a level with them and to say, hey, I messed that up. I didn't get it right. And I'll be better the next time. And um, I give uh, the reporter that did that a lot of credit because I think that's a, an important thing to do. I've done it. Man, like when I covered SMU, I mean, I like messed up something about it was you know it, it probably sounds like silly now but it was like you know when they first came to practice like a uh, football team like I, I, I reported something about how they like uh, several of them got covid and it was like i was wrong about the number and the day and it was just like you know you, you talk to some people and you get something wrong and you know what it was embarrassing and you just tweeted out like i messed this up you put a correction in your story and you eat it and you live with it and i think yep. that is like that is how you have to operate and it sucks and it's not fun and it's humiliating, but it's uh, it's necessary. And so I, I I give credit to people that do it, but not everyone does. So it's what it is. I'd be curious if this is something that's going to haunt Blue Jays fans for a long time or if it's just a blip on the radar. I mean, for a brief moment in time, they thought they were signing maybe the greatest baseball player ever. And what I honestly thought in the moment, you know, as I started processing Otani going to the Blue Jays, I'm like, in a lot of ways, this is perfect. This has been the biggest man of mystery we've seen in sports in a long time. And, of course, he goes to a bona fide mystery team. I know. Like, I nobody know. saw the Blue Jays coming. I mean, it was so perfect in a lot of ways. You know, he's going to Canada, going to Toronto to play in the AL East. I mean, opposite side of the continent. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it just made sense in a weird way. I know, I things know. that you know, make sense. They still have a good team. So, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the Blue Jays, there's no reason they can't be, you know, a deep play, make a right. deep playoff run. They got a good team. I think that was probably what intrigued Otani. You know, was joining a team that has really good young players that are going to be there for a while. So, and a nice complex in Dunedin, Florida. Yes, yes, yes. And they got, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I don't know if this was accurate or I think I saw it somewhere that like, you know, yeah. he, he like has, you know, because he played in a dome growing up that like this was kind of a, the, the ballpark was familiar to him and it felt familiar and it, mm, interesting. So maybe that played into part of why he was interested in it but you think the angels took otani on a tour of their uh old beaten down minor league facility that they're using um or on loan from the giants <laughs> that's but this is this is like you know this has been i hate to get back to it but they've had they've been playing in the minor league facility 
for three years. You don't think that he's in the back of his mind thinking, hey, you know what would be nice is to go to spring training and, and sit in a real locker and, and have like a – have like I'm going to spend – he's probably going to spend eight weeks there because he gets there early and stuff. You don't think part of him wants to like just like feel like he's part of a big league operation? I mean this is – and, and, and it's their fault. There are three years that they've been doing this. <laughs> Fix it. Fix it. Operate like a big league team. I mean, come on. It's like, I, I don't I don't mean to get angry, but like, fix it. Like, why are you doing this in a minor league? And they're doing it again this spring. It's like the fourth year they're doing it. I just like, it's so dumb. And it's so unnecessary. And it's so cheap. And, you know... <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm, the I think the Empire State Building was built in like a year, and the Angels are going on four times that. Well, they haven't even build. put shovels in the ground. Field. They haven't even put shovels in the ground. They haven't even started it. It's not even. What started. opens first, the A's ballpark in Vegas or the Angels' new minor league facility? Well, we've been told that they're putting shovels in the ground after spring training in. So, um, did say that last year, and I believe I wasn't around, but they may have said it the year before. So. We'll see. I hope you're. I hope you're there to document Artie sticking the first shovel into the ground. I just. I. I. I like. I think when I think about the Angels and like Otani leaving, and and I just I don't separate these things. I'm not saying he's like mad about spring training. What I'm saying is like, he probably he probably looked at this and was like, we're not winning here. I could do it again, right. and we're not going to win here. I got to go win. I want to win. I don't want to spend ten years losing in Anaheim when I'm playing my best. You know, I want to win a World Series. Um, right, and we yeah, we talked about this. He was going to command such a large salary that even if he went back to the Angels, how much payroll flexibility was there really going to be to keep adding around him? Well, there's we always, were there's always payroll questions. flexibility. You just have to be willing to like. He, Artie Moreno is right. very rich. He could afford to do these things. It's is right. he willing to? That's a big question. Um, I. Yeah. Uh, I was, and you credit Angels fans through all this mediocrity. They come out to the ballpark. Like, you know, not many other fan bases they're the, do. They're I'm a always great impressed. fan base. They're a great yeah. fan base. And what I will say is that attendance is down the last two years. Below, I believe, 3 million, which they which they had been at for, like, a long decades besides COVID and everything. Yeah. And and what I what I, I think I saw someone on Twitter mention this, but I really agreed with this point, which is Angels fans want to win. Otani is not driving people to the ballpark in the same way that winning will. I think that's a yeah. really important thing. Like Angels have great fans, but you got to win for them. They're mad. They're they're sick of this stuff. I'm talking to people out at the ballpark yesterday, these are people that pour their life into this stuff. And I think you you got to realize this when we're in our jobs. And I know you know this because you're a diehard Giants fan. I grew up a diehard Mets fan. I we all get this. It's like it matters to people. It really matters. And when you can't, when it doesn't feel like it matters to the people that it should like the the owners and the whoever or that what matters more is 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 turning um, a higher profit it's just like it's heartbreaking because you just know that like what do people have in their lives that they really love baseball is a huge part of it and man it's like if you if you just keep failing them it sucks it's like painful to listen to those people like i talked to yesterday who are just like they're like hurting like legit hurting and i know people have real suffering in the world you don't want to maximize this beyond what it is but it does hurt and i don't and I don't like uh, blame anyone for like being, for like having their day room because of this, or having their week room. It's just it sucks. Worst day 
in Angel's history. Is that is that fair? I don't know about that. I mean, you know. We're not, we're not historians here. The other but, thing um, I would say is that the Angels have had some real tragedies happen, obviously. You know, they've had legitimate oh, tragedies. And, and, totally and, fair. And, totally um, fair. I, I saw the other day it was like the five-year anniversary of Luis Balbuena dying, which is, you know, I never got to cover him, but I've heard a lot of, you know, great things about him. And, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to forget about these people, obviously, like, um, you know. I fully Tyler. retract that comment. That no, right. I know. I know. You, oh, I don't think retract. anyone would blame you. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's they have some dealt with some really, really, really hard things here and. And I don't know how anything would be worse than, you know, someone like Tyler Skaggs dying or Nick Aiden Hart or, you know, just Louis Selbwein or just like, it's just tragic, tragic stuff. And, and, um, but it's, it's uh, on the field. I mean, this is, yeah, it's just, I think it's as tough as it gets. I mean, you know, maybe losing, getting swept by the Royals or, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's been how many years time. ago was that? <laughs> it's going to be a decade coming up here. So, um, it sounds like a good story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've only written it a thousand times at this point. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um i do feel like it is one of those seminal days um in baseball history and i think angels fans you know even blue jays fans any fan of the game or especially of the teams that were involved in the sweepstakes is going to remember at least for a long while where they were when they found out so oh, yeah. i have to ask where were you when you found out shohei otani was going to the dodgers ralph's said ralph's Actually, no. Actually, no. I retract that. I was at Whole Foods, and I don't want to admit that, but I, I, I was because I there's this place, there's a lunch spot next to it that I like. So I went to get lunch, and then I went to the grocery store right next to it. And it's just you know you get a you get the fruits fresher. It's a little better, whatever. Don't 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 sue me. I'm okay. I get it. Uh, <laughs> Only organic, right, Sam? No, it's just like the yeah. Well, well, like with you want blueberries like out of season, you kind of need to get you know I don't whatever. <laughs> you remember where in the supermarket you were? No, I don't. But I do remember. See, so yeah, I mean, we have a, our, our group chat with, um, you know, college friends. And I had, you know, I actually had that chat muted. But when someone tags you, it does pop up. And so someone was like, I forgot who it was or what they said. But it was like 700 million. They tagged me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Is this what happened? <laughs> what am I missing that I'm going to need to go rush to the checkout here? Because I'm, I'm buying the stuff I had. <laughs> so you, you checked out? No, I tweeted. I mean, if okay. you want to know, if you want to know, like the how the you know, I do, is, yeah. yeah, how the pizza's made or whatever, you know, you you put your you put the the basket down and you tweet Otani's Instagram official whatever. Then you go pay. At for least your he's feed. the one to announce the news. That kind of simplifies your process a little yes, bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like oh, I gotta confirm or whatever. It's just like okay, he right. said it. Whatever. Um, you know, pay for the stuff. Get back home. Uh, um, you know, we had some pre-written stories that needed to kind of be filled in a little bit, um, just to kind of, you know, account for, for, uh, you know, the, obviously the updated information and then, you know, went out to Angel Stadium, spent the day there. So that was, that was pretty much how it went. Um, how about you? My story is less eventful. Um, but, uh, I was at, I was at home. And I picked up my phone for the first time in 20, 30 minutes and saw my uh, a group chat with my friends at home in the Bay Area, Giants fans. We were led to believe that the Giants were part of the sweepstakes. Um, I believe John Heyman of the New York Post reported that there were reportedly three finalists being the Dodgers, Angels, and Blue Jays. I will say, so that, we were still hoping... By the end of it, that was kind of hoping against hope because everyone was saying it's probably the Blue Jays or the Dodgers. But you know, yes, 
again, to the point of Otani in the Blue Jays being a perfect fit because the man of mystery was going to do something that no one expected. That was kind of what I was holding. hanging my hat on. You're holding on that's, to it. That, that's what I was hanging on to. So we as Giants fans were led to believe that we would have a chance. Um, and then obviously seeing Otani uh, go to the Giants' rival, um, someone shared a link to the Instagram post, and it's just perfect because in uh, iMessage, you send an Instagram post, and all you see is the thumbnail of the image. Just dodging. So all I see is this low-quality L.A. Dodgers logo with Shohei Otani's name below it, and I just... I just kind of closed my eyes for a moment and accepted what was long rumored to <laughs> happen. I can't say surprise is the emotion I was feeling, but um, sure disappointment. Um, and at, below the post from my friends was um, an avalanche of F-bombs. Endless, endless F-bombs. But, um, you know, the more I think about it as I try to cope as a Giants fan with the news... Um, the Angels made a similar statement, you know, what was it, 2011, by coming out of the blue and signing Albert Pujols. And, you know, you look back on that and you wonder, how well did that really work out for the Angels? That's the thing. I, I do think that, like I said, I think there's an opportunity here where for the Angels to, and you don't want to like, like you, you know, it's only an opportunity if they make it one. It's only an opportunity if they if they go and make smart decisions from here on out. And I'd same for the Giants or whoever. I mean, I, I think any team that lost out on this, you know, there are other players. The market didn't start really until he started, and so there are players out there to sign. It's an opportunity if you want it to be if you want it to be one. And um, I don't know. I just don't know the direction this team is going in. I've asked Perry, "What is the payroll situation?" Like he says, it's a case by case basis based on the player that they want to get. What does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to go backward in their payroll this year? I, I think that's a fair possibility based on the answers we've gotten on the topic. So I, I, I just don't know. And I think, like, it's really only an opportunity if they make it one. But it is an opportunity. It can be. This team can Absolutely. get better. So I, I think that's Right. If the Angels message. were willing to commit $500 million to Otani, for example, you could split that an in infinite number of ways and redistribute that to – two, three, four, five, six, however many different contracts to different players. And, uh, you know, the sum of the parts might be, uh, you know, greater than what they appear, whatever that statement is. Or yeah, I mean, if you, have, is, if you have Blake um, Snell and Cody Bellinger, all of a sudden you got probably a player equal to Otani in some ways. Maybe not equal, but, I mean, similar, pretty similar. Are you, uh, are you familiar with the uh, Ewing theory? No. Okay. And, I, and I'm nervous I'll... to say, tell me. <laughs> In a nutshell, it was popularized by um, the ringer's Bill Simmons. He did not create it, but he popularized it. And the theory goes basically that when a player receives undue attention on and off the field, the court, whatever, and the team fails to win, and then that player, when they are out, whether they are injured or they have left that team, the team miraculously performs better without them, That that is kind of the basis of the Ewing theory. And it goes back to Patrick Ewing, and I believe it's time with the Knicks and how the Knicks always seem to play better. Not always, but for a period of time, were better without, in theory, their best player than they were with him. Do you think the Angels qualify as a uh, Ewing theory candidate? Or are yeah, they, well, they're uh, definitely a candidate. They're definitely a candidate because they kind <laughs> I mean, of yes, they have to be. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, listen, I do think there's, there's something platter. to that. There's something to that. I mean, you know, this has been... 
you know, every day you walk into that, that clubhouse, there's like a, a, you know, tons of Japanese reporters. It's like, it, you know, they, and all of them are getting asked because he won't talk. So they're all getting asked about him. And it's like, you know, it, it, all the highlights are everybody's talking about, man, the Angels can't win with Otani. Man, the Angels can't win with Otani. It's like they're a national story every day, whether they're good or bad. And like, you know, maybe there's something to be said for just like, okay, that's not us anymore. Like, we're just going to go live a little bit in anonymity and, and just try to win ball games And maybe that maybe there's something to it. I think they still need you to put together the Nationals a roster. The year after Bryce Harper left for Philly, they won the World Series. It's not apples to apples, obviously. They had a lot That's of great a good players. It's a really but... good point. Yeah, and they did have a, really, a lot of good players, including the Angels' current third baseman. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> um, on that note, I wanted to just wrap up talking about we, – we started by talking – jokingly a little bit about Fletch and Stassi, but I did want to wrap up and just kind of mention them because I think, you know, David Fletcher's had a long career with the Angels where he was a fan favorite for a couple seasons, and and uh, this was a good move, for, I think, for everybody. I mean, I think Max Stassi ended up getting flipped to the to the White Sox, which is great for him because he's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with his family situation with his, you know, newborn son um, being born prematurely and having health complications, so it's great. He'll get to be at home. I think that's probably for the best. Um and then you have David Fletcher, who, who just kind of wasn't going to get opportunities with the Angels, and they were stashing him in AAA and, and manipulating, I won't say manipulating his service time, but you know they were obviously reticent to have him go above the five-year threshold, which would have made it impossible for them to option him again. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's that's where I uh, I think it gets a little interesting. That I mean, that's why I mean I think it was a good move for everyone. That's all I'll say. I think it was, mm-hmm. it was the right move for the Angels. They save a little bit of money. I don't think either of these players, maybe Stassi would have helped them out um, since they seem to be missing, uh, you know, maybe a, a real veteran catching presence. But they also didn't want to lose out on Matt Thice, who, you know, is probably going to have to be cut at some point if he wasn't going to be one of the two catchers. So it fits. Mm-hmm. It kind of fits for everything, and it was for the best. And, and you know, obviously just you want to acknowledge those guys because they're, I know for a lot of Angels fans, they're, they're really important players, even if, you know, they didn't. The greatest players on the earth. But they were well liked, and and they did a good job, I think, for this team, and you know, provided stuff that uh, was important. As a baseball fan, it was. <laughs> I don't know what my reaction was, but I definitely had a reaction, seeing that as it felt the Otani sweepstakes was about to culminate. That oh wait, by the way, we've conducted a roster. A lot of people were thinking players. That. Yeah, because like one, they were saving some money. So everyone's like, is this money going to Otani? And then there's right. the other the other factor in this is like I mean David Fletcher and Shohei Otani are like good friends. So I wasn't you know, that was one thing that I was, was interesting. It was like, do they just kind of wait to pull the trigger on this trade once they find out they weren't getting Otani maybe? I don't <laughs> I don't know. I was like that's just speculative. Right. Um, right. I feel I feel like the whole saga over the last, you know, days, weeks, even years, like it's just ripe for a really juicy tell-all feature, if not a book. I'm not hint hinting or nudge nudging or winking anything to someday. Know, come I'd love to. Me, but... I don't think it would require the you know some help from people that probably don't want to help right now. So maybe someday. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, one other thing on Otani, I feel like we haven't really touched on the Dodgers element of it, but I feel like you know when you have a player as amazing as Otani go to a new team, it's really easy to jump on the headline i mean no one's reasonably asking are the dodgers like the greatest team ever but the gen the idea is that a great team somehow got even better people are looking at a lineup with mookie betts freddie freeman and otani at the top of it like is it potentially 
the greatest trio of hitters in a lineup oh, ever. And, that I agree with. I don't know if it's yeah. the greatest team ever. I think we saw a lot of the flaws in the playoffs, and I don't think all those flaws have been addressed yet. If they got like a Yamamoto, maybe there's we're talking. We'll see. But uh, the Dodgers also don't have a pitching staff, so they can't yeah, really be in the running. That's exactly what I was ever, yeah. or best team of this century, even. So, uh, but uh, any three of those, any one of those three players could go ahead and just win MVP. I mean, unless Acuna does it again. But I mean, you got three MVP candidates going one, two, three in your order. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, I don't know how you pitch to that. I really don't. Maybe like split it up in thirds. Like you have one guy bat first, one fourth, one seventh. Or I don't know. It's like. But the lineup. And well, the beauty Smith. of the uh, we have good hitters the everywhere. The three-man um, minimum that pitcher relief pitchers have to face at least um, wouldn't be particularly wise. Where in the lineup up. are we? Oh, good. Number one, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta face the best hitter, best hitter on the yeah. planet. Then the other. Best I mean, hitter, I also, the other best right. Hitter. I think there's also an important reminder of just like what baseball is as a game, and you know the Angels are a perfect example of it. Like despite having Otani and Trout, you know that itself cannot will the team to the playoffs or 90 plus wins and the same goes for the Dodgers I mean the Dodgers were already a really good team and undoubtedly Otani makes them better but um it's it's no guarantee that the Dodgers won't get swept by the Diamondbacks again in the upcoming playoffs I mean that's what makes baseball such a hilarious beautiful game they can win 120 games and then it's like oh the the Diamondbacks won 83 games well Right. We'll see. Right. Here comes Brandon Enjoy the next Fott three games. to strike yeah. out Otani. <laughs> Don't joke about Brandon Fott. That guy is legit. Yeah, he's, he's legit. the real deal. And the Diamondbacks are the real deal. And they're not going to win as many no. games as the Dodgers. And Maybe they still not, could beat them in the playoffs again. The D-backs have been stacking up. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Like better than I the mean, Dodgers right now in some ways. I mean, they didn't, that wasn't a fluke last year. And they're getting better. They've they've gotten better. The Dodgers have also gotten better, but they've got some other. I think they were they got some pieces to fill. I mean, they got to put together a pitching. Well, I'll staff. tell you, the Diamondbacks' rotation is rock solid. They uh, signed Eduardo Rodriguez away from the Tigers, yeah. and they're at least one through four in the rotation is significantly better than the Dodgers. And many people around baseball will tell you you're only going to go as far as your pitching staff. If I'm and picking the, World the Dodgers, is a big question mark. If I'm picking a World Series team right now, I'm picking the D-backs from the NL. That's my that's my feeling. Really? You, yeah, I just December I think they're, 10th, you're I think they're the a really well-rounded team that bringing back that's bringing back all their best players and is adding better you know better pieces to the ones that left. I just think that they're really good. I don't I you know I don't think it's a hot take. I think everyone get I me mean, looked at the Mets last year. Everyone was really enamored with them, and then they went ahead and Fair. below five hundred. I I'm not saying the Dodgers are gonna be bad. I'm sure they'll like win the division or whatever. I think over 162 games, they're they're probably gonna win more games than anybody. But at the end of the day, like I like what I like the way the D-backs are built to to win. Just win sure. when it matters, win in October. But hey, we've, again, we've, as a Giants fan, this is totally a coping mechanism. But you know, there's no more humbling game than baseball to remind you that the Dodgers could have the Dodgers signed the greatest player on earth, and there's they could win fewer games next year. Than they did last year. Oh yeah, and... anything could happen. Anything can. Right. Happen. He's not pitching, so I mean that's another part of why I would say that. I mean the Dodgers need pitching. He doesn't pitch, at least not this year. And so you know you look at the D-backs team that has that pitching. But we can ramble on about every division. We've been. We've. This is already our longest pod, so we should probably wrap it up. Um, wanted to. Oh, one th- thing I wanted yes. to shout out. Sorry, but before we end, is that um, I don't imagine we'll record another podcast before one of our most loyal listeners. Uh, my grandfather, Arlie Grossman, oh. celebrates his 89th birthday 
in 11 days, December the 21st. Shout out Grandpa, Grandpa Arlie, 89th birthday, our most loyal listener, I have no doubt. Um, thank you for uh, always tuning in. We appreciate you. Arlie, I got to be honest with you. This is, It was an honor meeting you back in July, and um, I, uh, I wish you a happy birthday, and we really appreciate your listenership, as we do for everybody who's listened. And Arlie, if you haven't left us a nice comment, go ahead and do that. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, however you're listening to this. We appreciate it. Same to everyone else listening. Uh, you know, give, give us a review. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, be back. So we'll be back at some point, you know, soon, I imagine. We're just kind of as, as things go here in the offseason. But, um, you know, until, until next time, let's proceed. Anyway.